The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, Nicole Hutchison, and Jess Navarez. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, presented by the SWBC studio, presented by Jigsaw, I'm sorry, in the SWBC studio, sorry, it's Wednesday, but it feels like Thursday, almost Friday, but today is definitely Wednesday. I'm Nicole Hutchison, alongside Aisha Morrison and Jess Navarez, ladies, how y'all doing? Y'all good today? Good. Sure. Good. Well, good. Okay. We're good now. Uh, we got There the- you are. <laughs> Y'all, that cough button be fighting. I told y'all. <laughs> I think it's whoever be on before I come on has it. Y'all Turned still it off? who sits there? I don't know, but every time I come out here, the cough button. I'm like, are you okay? Oh. Whoever's sitting here? John Drop. <laughs> it's Dang. been since the season started. You all right? It's still okay. Coughing? No, I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> hey y'all. Hello, hello, hello. We had a great episode with Wanye Thomas yesterday. Yes, we're gonna have another awesome. one. Today, not with Wanye, of course, but with us three, because we're the bomb.com. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the practice report was sent out today, uh, but of course, Wednesday is a veteran rest day, so not much to uh, that really stands out. Just, you know, of course, Rico Doddle uh, limited, it says Stefan Gilmore limited, Brandon Cooks limited, uh, Jonathan Hankins limited. Marcus Lawrence, still limited. Zach Martin, yeah, all the vets pretty much limited. Of course, Tyron Smith, same old, same old, did not participate, which is okay because we still get the best of Tyron Smith regardless on Sundays, uh, on game days. Uh, when when we heard from Mike McCarthy, well, no, I'm sorry, let's just talk about the status of Mike McCarthy first. Um, he had to undergo surgery probably around this afternoon. We don't know the exact, same, exact time, but Dan Quinn is very um, – certain that they should expect him to be back on Sunday so prayers up for Mike McCarthy uh but you know Dan Quinn I like how he mentioned that there's always been a contingency plan you know for things like this so yeah. uh, regardless you know Dan Quinn uh Brian Schonheimer and Bones they actually held practice today and even the players were kind of confident they were like hey nothing changed we went about practice the same way regardless uh but you know of course prayers up for Mike McCarthy and hoping that uh the surgery goes well yeah I actually took a look at Philly's injury report as well mm-hmm. and it looks I'm like sending you that right now <laughs> literally um but uh yeah Dallas Goddard was full today which mm-hmm. is a huge deal for them to be getting him back I saw that Fletcher Cox was limited um dealing with something Darius Slay is yeah. on a rest day veteran rest day as well so those are their important names, I guess, that stood out. One of their linebackers as well was limited. So just a couple things to keep your eye on, um, especially with the defensive line for Philly mm-hmm. with Fletcher Cox. He's mm-hmm. he's a big rotational piece that they have. And Dallas Goddard is and has been for a minute a focal point of their offense. So yeah. Cowboys going to have to buckle down. Yeah, and I also think, too, what's important to note that was mentioned multiple times today uh, from Dan Quinn mm-hmm. and then the players when asked about Mike not being at the building today and, and um, you know, however long it's it's going to take him to recover. Um, first of all, he is expected to still coach on Sunday. I think yeah, that's very important to note. Said. And then um, second of all, they said that 
being able to kind of act on the fly, Mike McCarthy is the kind of coach that has everything laid out to a T. So if these things happen, people know how to adjust and kind of fill in accordingly. Um, a lot of that goes back to what they had to do during the COVID year. And so um, their ability to adjust today and not skip a beat from what I what it sounds like from the players I talked to today. Um, yeah, wishing Mike the best. And uh, I cannot imagine how tough he is yeah. coming to work like that. Yeah. And then being like, oh, I'm just going to go get checked out. And then uh, next thing you know, surgery. So wishing him the best in the recovery. But he's a tough guy. For Same. sure. For sure. Um, is there anything at practice that kind of stood out to you both of – Oh, I'll start with me. I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, for me, I felt like I kind of paid attention to the DBs and how they were kind of working on um, breaking on routes and things like that and over-the-shoulder catches. I saw Al Harris doing this drill with Stephon, and, uh, Stephon Gilmore and Deron Bland just tossing the ball while they're looking. De- Harris is, like, behind them tossing the ball over their head, so they're kind of mm-hmm. working over-the-shoulder catches um, just to kind of work on that deep ball, maybe explosive pay- explosive plays from the Eagles. So I feel like that's maybe something that has been a real emphasis um, for this team. What, mm-hmm. what did you kind of notice? Um, only other thing I noticed, and, and Jess has been bringing it up for a minute now, but mm-hmm. it just kind of stood out to me in correlation to how much Ferg has started to emerge mm-hmm. is how he's typically working off to the side individually a lot of the time yeah. before, <laughs> you know, obviously we don't get to see the other second half, but um, whatever work he is doing with Lunda it's paying off like you're starting you're seeing him play better and it just today it just I just noticed it and I was like oh that's a regular thing like yeah. that's a regular mm. thing now and I don't know I just felt like Lunda doesn't get enough credit for his development of tight ends like he has a lot to do with the development of this room and um, even their blocking assignments and yeah. stuff like that and so yeah that I think that stood out to me today I was like oh okay because we're looking for another big game from Ferg speaking of tight ends um I really wanted to see more from Peyton Hendershot today, and Mm -hmm. he's been fully participating Mm -hmm. in practice. So it's nothing new that he was fully participating, but today seemed like he had a little extra pep in his step. Mm -hmm. Um, And so got to catch up with him just briefly before he left the locker room today, and he's so ready. He's chomping at the bit to get back on that field, and um, he's really excited. He said he feels good, and he's ready to go. So um, to answer your question about what I saw at practice, just look like – a new a new chapter for him as he's yes. getting ready to amp up and fuel up uh, now that we know that uh, he's going to be activated once again. It could yeah. be a big piece, man. Like, mm-hmm. if you can get some receiving things from him, obviously one of the things in his game that I felt like he needed to improve on was his blocking. Mm-hmm. He's going to be asked to do that heavily, mm-hmm. and it is probably going to take him some time to get into game shape because you mentioned even last yesterday in regard to uh, Donovan Wilson, you know, these guys have had breaks in camp and and they haven't had the opportunity so he is going to have to get in game shape and things of that nature but on the receiving end if he can sure catch like I know he can because I've seen him do it in college uh yeah he could be a difference maker we maybe see some of those plays that they were running with John Stevens in preseason that looked like they they could have got busy with you know I was going to ask you ladies got to see him in Mm -hmm. training camp this offseason and things like that what what stood out to y'all the most about Peyton and 
how much do you feel like he adds to this um, tight end room? I mean, if we're being honest, I didn't think we, we keep it a buck on here. I didn't. Yeah. He didn't look the same to me. Mm. He didn't look the same to me um, coming back into this training camp, and um, I was really expecting for him to take the next step into. Um, but in a bad way, he didn't I, look. The I same wouldn't in say bad. in a bad way, but he just wasn't. I really expected, I think I expected a big step forward from yeah. him, and I wasn't seeing that. Granted, he did get injured early in camp and stuff like that, but um, just kind of wanted more from him. Mm-hmm. So to Jess's point with this opportunity and just kind of how things are falling into place for him, mm-hmm. this is a big opportunity for him to turn the tide and be a part of this offense that could definitely yeah. use yeah. a second tight end as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to piggyback off of that, we, we talked about it over the summer, right? And, um, yeah, it's just keeping it honest. You expected a Jake Ferguson-type jump from him yes. during the off season, and you expected them to pretty much be on the same level as mm-hmm. far as what they were producing even during uh, training camp. But beyond that, um, you had OTAs and minicamp as well. And yeah. so you didn't you could see that there was a bit of a clear difference between him and Jake at that point and so mm-hmm. it's not that he wasn't being productive it was just there was a very big difference in what Jake was doing and what he was doing yeah. and I know they kind of get put in the same box together because mm-hmm. they came in together mm-hmm. so typically when we talk about you know Henny and Ferg it's Henny and Ferg it's it's two of them it's yes. a two for one package yeah. you know and so you expected to see both of them take the same kind of jump and you just really didn't um but I do know based on what I've talked to Peyton in the locker room about mm-hmm. is he is so ready to get back and I think I talked about this last week when we went in yeah. there he was studying film taking notes mm-hmm. during locker room time which in perspective that locker room time that we get is a little bit of their break if you will yes. before they have to go back to meetings and so for me to see a player taking that initiative to use that little time that they have to call their families yeah. or just mentally rest for a second, take a shower and, you know, go in there and kind of relax after practice. He wasn't doing that. And so um, this is a couple weeks now that I've just been kind of checking it, checking in on him to ask how he's feeling, how he's doing. Um, but I will say today there was there was a different spirit there in him. There was a different fire and he was ready. Yeah. He, he, he's been ready and he is so chomping at the bit to get back out. I think it's since I, I mean I didn't get a chance to see him this off season, but from what you're seeing from Luke Schoonmaker, who's been one around the system, who's been playing in the system this season, mm-hmm. who's learned from Jake Ferguson, a guy that's developed and playing very well, um, and for Peyton to come in, do y'all feel like he's behind the eight ball, having to compete for more reps, basically against a guy like Luke, who's pretty much already shown what he can do not playing sure. the best right now but he's, he's kind of shown what he can do in this offense I feel like it was such a weird offseason when you go back because keep mm-hmm. in mind Luke didn't really participate in some of training camp because he was dealing with that foot injury so he was doing phantom drills on the side and taking those mental reps while Peyton was in mm-hmm. so Peyton had the opportunity to kind of you know up his game if you will starting at training camp because Luke wasn't in at that point and so to answer your question to kind of play comparables and then what we've seen from Luke is you know Luke had a slower progression because again we talk about this with Donna we've talked about this before in general not having that full training camp especially as a rookie I can imagine is going to make you take a couple steps back and so um, I think what you're seeing is the progression of a tight end a rookie tight end coming in here in a west coast scheme that you know he he did come from already he's he's very used to that pro offense style but 
again, you learn when you talk to these players, college is so different than the NFL. And so I think you would like to see more of him in the receiving game. And there's been opportunities where, again, if we're keeping it honest, he there's there's some catches he needs to make at, at that point in those games. And so I think, again, the tight end room has uh, hasn't, I guess, done what you would like them, them to do up until this yeah. point of the season. But... Um, I mean, that has to change. That has to change at some point. Mm -hmm. And I think getting Peyton a little bit more involved adds a little notch to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think Luke has blocked his tail off, too. I I think most of the tight ends up until this point have done more blocking than anything. But you're right, Aisha. They need to get more involved in the receiving game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Schoonmaker (laughs) is outside of your offensive lineman. He's probably your best blocker. Mm. Uh, He does a lot um, in that department. And... You do see him, I mean, it's maybe like one or two catches a game, but he has had some felt like important some passes uh, early off in some of these drives early in games. But uh, to answer your question in regard to what Henny in comparison, um, well, I mean, just mentioned the training camp stuff and things like that. But one thing about this offense, and we saw it last, we saw it um at the start of the season yeah. is that this is a new offense and even though the guys went through training camp they went through install they did all the practice reps nothing is like game speed mm-hmm. and so for Henny it's going to be applying what he's been studying to game speed because to this point he hasn't had to do that this season and it, it's a switch that you have to flip also too I'm sure he's going to have to do work on special teams as well which yeah. is a, an adjustment for his body again so um I don't know if it's a conversation of who's ahead of who, but I will say that I think that what Henny could bring you in the receiving game, if he's if he's concentrating, if he's ready to go, yeah. definitely makes a difference on that side of the ball. And um, his blocking is ha- going to have to be on point too to have to, to take any snaps or time away from um, Schoonmaker because he yeah. he um, excels there. So yeah, just still think he could be a good part of it. And um, but he's gonna he's gonna have to earn it. Yeah. So if we see him out there, you see 89 out there, you know he must be working. <laughs> yeah, especially when, you know, giving credit where it's due to Sean McEwen, who stepped up in terms oh, yeah. of blocking, um, now going to be on IR for the next four weeks. So, mm. you know, Sean is is a veteran on this team, and you you tend to forget he's the most veteran guy in the room. Very unselfish when it comes to his role on this team. He's not trying to take anybody's spot. He's doing what he's asked, and... Um, Somebody that the coaches do praise highly, but not to go without mentioning, we're talking about tight ends. Sean McEwen's blocking has been absolutely pivotal mm-hmm. in in um, this offense. And so to add to that, yeah, Peyton's going to have to really step up that part of his game, and especially in this yeah. one coming up on Sunday. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about this offense tomorrow. I think we're going to stick with defense today um, and, Cal- and Eagles offense today, previewing that matchup. Uh, something that we heard from Dan Quinn today, and we'll just briefly touch on this one before we go and break it down in the second segment, second and third. Uh, but something that Dan Quinn touched on today, and I believe you had asked someone about it. I can't remember. Um, and he had basically said, um, you know, tra- traditionally the third down mm. is a passing down. Um, but the Eagles, what they do so well is that they disguise what they're going to do. You never know what they're going to do on third down. They make it seem like it's a second down. It's something that Micah even uh, touched on as well. So how big will every single down matter for this Cowboys defense? 
Yeah, I mean, it's first and second down are pivotal yeah. for uh, when you're going up against a team like this. And I was trying to get a pulse kind of the guys of like how they kind of look at it and again they're, they're very aware that they did not win on third down last mm. time they played yeah they 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 understand that and that's where a lot of um because you go look at the numbers and stuff you like dang like yeah. they outplayed philly mm. they did like statistically and on uh, ball control and everything but when you can't get off the field on third down it's huge so yeah. to put them you want to put them in um tough situations very early uh, stay above the sticks is what you're talking about uh, last week just and so for me I'm I'm really curious on what approach they take I know we're gonna get into it in yeah. the next half but yeah I'm curious too I was trying to get some questions answered today <laughs> yeah I mean Dan Quinn talked about it this morning um, saying that the Eagles were 50% basically mm-hmm. uh, in third down they were 7 of 14 in week 9 when these two teams played and you can't keep it at a third medium or short situation if you want to be successful mm-hmm. in this matchup. And especially when you're talking about the tush push. And I am so sick of talking about the tush push. But <laughs> it's undeniable how much it works I for this Philly team. Up. It's I'm so fed up yeah. with talking about it. Um, but it's undeniably, it, it works well. Yeah. It's undeniable how well the Eagles have mastered that. Yeah. And so how do you avoid that? You don't let it get to that point where it's a third and one because really mm-hmm. the Eagles are the kind of team that they they're aggressive. They're going to go for it on fourth yeah. down every almost every single time. You know it's coming, mm-hmm. and you know uh, based on some of the conversations I had today as well. So did the guys. So yeah, we'll talk about it more. All right. Well, we're going to break down everything Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys defense. Eagles offense coming up in the next break. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Stadium on Saturday, December 9th to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Take a tour of AT&T Stadium, get autographs from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and alumni, play games, head outside the Miller Lighthouse, and even play on the field. Don't forget to get your photo with Santa and Mrs. Claus as well. Visit attstadiumcom slash rally days for tickets and more information. Hmm. Rally days. Hey. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, ladies, we were kind of briefly touching on the Eagles and how well they do the tush push so well. Um, and D-Law, even, Demarcus Lawrence even said, you know, it, he kind of 
I guess compared it to how we were in the media scrum all piled up, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I mean, that's the same thing. I can't remember who he mentioned or something. He's like, it's the same thing as grab, trying to grab him out of this pile. Yeah. You know, y'all are all piled up. But that's what they do so well. They just get underneath and just pile on top. Um, and hopefully the Cowboys don't find themselves in um, that situation of having to defend the tush-push because that's basically um, adding a new set of downs for this team. Uh, as far as that defensive let's, yeah, well, let's, let's break it down. Defensive line. Um, I know you talked to Jonathan Hankins. Yeah, yeah, w- yeah. What did you get from him? Um, I talked to Sam Williams, but I, I want to hear what Jonathan Hankins said. Well, really, I was just talking to him about their center and just how much mm-hmm. their center um, can get to the second level and move yeah. around and just kind of how they do things. But I more so was trying to get a feel for you know, this is how I look at Philly's, this is how I look at Philly's offense. Philly's offense, they're so different from last year. And and it's not that they're different, um, like, conceptually. It's just when they choose to run plays. Mm -hmm. Because Philly used to, to me, and they might do it in the third quarter, too, but there's just power, like, run game, power, power, and they'll do it at certain times now. But that was so much of their offense before mm-hmm. it was their running. But now they're they're more so a, a passing offense. Mm-hmm. They're they're trying to play to some of their strengths, some of their players' strengths, and and get some things going. So I was really looking at um, even so when you talk about the third down, yeah. fourth down stuff, how they handled that. And when I look went back and looked at the Chiefs, I saw that the Chiefs really blitzed and sent heavy pressure on first and second down. Mm-hmm. And it was beneficial in the first half. Philly kind of figured out some things in the second half. And so then my guy, Giant Owen, tweeted that the Cowboys have blitzed at a 26% rate on first down, 32% rate on second down, and a 32% rate on third and fourth downs. However, against Philly in week nine, Dallas utilized um, – they, they blitzed or they brought an extra rusher on 34% on first mm-hmm. down. 35% on second down, and then 18% on third and fourth, which is even so weird because it kind of lines up with what I wanted to talk to the players about because mm-hmm. they were not good on third down. Yeah. But they were pretty good on first and second because they brought they brought pressure. Yeah. So they got to finish. That's the thing mm-hmm. is that they have to finish when they get home. When they If they get home, they have to make the tackle, obviously contain. But really, I wanted to talk to Jonathan Hankins about them finishing and understanding how important it is to finish. Because even with DeAndre Swift, who is a little banged up, he's a runner as well. And mm. so he can catch you slipping, have some big plays. He's so shifty through yeah. the gaps. So I just wanted to get a feel for him, to your point, on the third and fourth down stuff. But how they feel like Philly is going to kind of try to play them. And it just feels like they looking at them on a film, they just look different. And yeah. they just call plays differently. You, different from last year? Yes, it's differently. They To, to your point, Jess, they're a momentum team. Mm. But they will kill their own momentum And right that's now. exactly how the Chiefs beat them on yeah, it, Sunday. Yeah, it, 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 it was really like yeah. they will kill their own momentum. And it's just it's odd how they kind of operate. But anyway, um, to answer your point, this defensive line has to contain Mm-hmm. And they have to, they can rush but still contain because you really don't want Jalen getting out and, and being able to scramble and do some things. Yeah. So they have to contain in the middle. Oso Digizua is going to be important. Yeah. Jonathan Hankins is going to be important. Uh, Chauncey Golston, if they do decide to do those things, kind of keep that guy in the box and, and make him have mm-hmm. to stand in the pocket and make throws and yeah. go through progressions. That's something that uh, Sam was kind of just explaining to me that they didn't do well um, at penetrating. So that's something that they've been working mm. on um and yeah. kind of really 
putting an emphasis on the interior defense because even though the edges can con like if they do a good job at containing Jalen's so good at finding gaps inside the mm -hmm. middle um so he was just saying how that whole defensive line's been really in tune uh and locked in on trying to make sure that they um uh, keep him contained. Keep a guy like Jalen contained because you don't even know. Even with his knee, I think you mentioned that before. Like, even with his knee, he's He'll still able to. He will find a way mm -hmm. uh, to use his mobility. I talked to Hank a little bit too, and he's just so fun to talk so to. Fun. Jonathan <laughs> Hankins is so fun yeah. to talk to. Um, but talk to him for a little bit, a little bit as well. And it's funny. Aisha was standing right there, and uh, I asked him, "Okay, so run defense has been a topic of conversation for you guys for the last mm -hmm. couple of years." You know, now you're you're kind of getting that narrative silenced. What do you would contribute to the run defense overall just improving? And first thing he said was two guys, Marquise mm -hmm. Bell and Damone Clark. Linebacker. He okay. said it's what those two guys are able to do yeah. um, is what's helping us be able to do our job. And so I thought that was really cool of him to shout out uh, those younger guys. And I asked yeah. him, you know, do they kind of keep you rejuvenated? And he said, yeah, I feel like I have to keep <laughs> up with them because I'm the old guy in the yeah. room, you know. Um, and so it was really cool to talk about there. But something that Jalen Hurts does well, which bodes well with the RPO and everything mm -hmm. he's able to do, is the window dressing. You talked about this the last time these two teams met. And... Yes, they're a momentum team, but what I'm really excited to see in this matchup is now that you know the window dressing is coming a little bit more, you've already played this team, you kind of know where it's coming, mm -hmm. how much Jonathan Hankins, Oso Digizua, can go in there mm -hmm. and get those quarterback hits. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you've already seen Jonathan Hankins. I asked him, I said, what's yeah. been different for you the last couple of weeks that you've been able to get back-to-back uh, -back weeks having those sacks? Mm -hmm. He said, honestly, I'm just seeing opportunity <laughs> at that point. Um, but I'm interested to see how much they can take advantage of that as well. The interior pressure is where it's at, man, in the mm -hmm. NFL. It's just obviously the edges can get down with the get down, but if yeah. you can really um, push the pocket, it makes a huge difference. To your point, Jess, I think it's also going to be important for them to um, have rush lane integrity. We've talked about mm -hmm. that is where he's slipping up the A and B gap, trying to just extend plays, whatever the case may be. And with um, when, when you talk about the linebackers as well, yeah, like them filling these, filling these gaps um, – um, with intent is going to be important to me with them being physical and coming up to tackle. Um, and when you, I think you mentioned, I think it, I feel like I missed it. Like, Dang it, I lost my train of thought. It was important, <laughs> You too. got this. It was about about, she talked about Marquise. What she Demond, talked about, Demond, Jonathan? No, you talking no, about Jonathan. Jonathan. No, it's, it's, it's about the run defense. It is. Oh, no, it is. It's about... Um, there you go. There you go. Um, it's coming back. Yeah, no, no, yeah. It's also about the motion and stuff. There's there a lack is. of motion with Philly's offense, which is really weird. They're very stagnant to an extent mm. on how mm. they um, – I mean, they might send Goddard's coming back. They send him yeah. in motion. They do some motion with their running backs. But nothing more than really that. I mean, you don't see their wide receivers moving all over the place and doing a whole bunch mm -hmm. of stuff. So them being somewhat kind of stagnant, to your point, these guys trust in their film study. Now we talk about the unscouted looks. So we'll see if they throw some different things out there. But, yeah, these guys on this defensive line are going to have to just trust their cues, mm -hmm. trust what they saw on film, and go after it. Because this offensive line tries to get up on you real quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, some of their guys are really fast off the line. And so if they get caught, I mean, if they get turned, it's it's done for them. So they're going to have to be able to um, hopefully beat them to the snap or be able to disengage shit and tackle. Have y'all noticed, and I could be wrong if I 
peep this and I don't know. Um, have y'all noticed that Jalen Hurts only makes one read or makes is just goes full on with his first decision? Yeah, and, have and you I noticed that a lot. I I have, and and I feel like that's what what more uh, mature quarterbacks will do mm -hmm. because it's usually their guy that they're going to. So Dallas Goddard, perfect example. Usually if he's on the field, he's going to get the first read. He hasn't been on the field, but, you know, yeah. I do feel like Dak Prescott also does that a lot as well. Um, when when he's on and he's going, especially yeah. if they're playing no huddle, first read all, almost all the time. Um, and most of the time it's CD or Jake getting those yeah. right now. And so that's why, again, when you see kind of the chemistry building in the first quarter with who it is, mm -hmm. it's typically who's going to have the bigger game. But to go back to Aisha's point yeah. about momentum, it's so interesting because Philly is a momentum team and, mm -hmm. and you really have to find a vulnerable spot for the momentum to shift. But I think the Chiefs kind of cracked the code with the Eagles over the weekend yeah. and I think that was because look at Brock Purdy's first quarter <laughs> girl that was not good yeah. it was not good yeah and you kind of thought the game was over at that point but what the 49ers did well is they adjusted in the game mm -hmm. to make sure that the second quarter third quarter fourth quarter they came back and so I also think you know talk about fast starts with these games and all of that I think that the Cowboys have proved well too that they can adjust in game especially when you're talking defensively Dan mm -hmm. Quinn does a fantastic job and you pointed this out all season um, is that Dan Quinn will adjust quickly even if what they're seeing yeah. is unscouted I have full faith that this team can adjust fairly quickly to answer your uh, question Jalen's still a young quarterback yeah. and I think people really forget that mm -hmm. um, I think people oh, yeah. kind of get stuck and don't get me wrong like but at the same time just because we're pointing it out doesn't mean that we're insulting him yeah this, oh he, yeah no. this is oh, a part sure. of his development yeah this is going to be a part of what he does so what i what i think it is with the one read and all that stuff is I mean that's what you do when you're young and you're mm -hmm. still figuring things out people are disguising things at you but then also too it depends on what the play call is mm -hmm. like because dak mm -hmm. is one of the best quarterbacks about going through all of his progressions but he's yeah. developed to that point that's it's true. taken some time and so what you're kind of seeing from Jalen is that again he's taking that next step as a, as a quarterback and defenses are throwing some things at him that are maybe different he has a new OC mm -hmm. so there could be terminology differences etc etc there is a adjustment that has to be made so it can't be overstated how mm -hmm. impressive it is that the Cowboys offense is, is rolling mm -hmm. because sometimes what happens when you have a new OC is that it changes drastically that's what I'm saying it's like yeah. it's not a bad thing the way that they play offense it's just different yeah and so for me for him I think this is a part of his development I see the Cowboys disguising looks at him mm -hmm. see them throwing some things at him man I mean uh, <laughs> when they see single high which is a single high safety you can expect a big play maybe a double move or something because mm -hmm. they yeah. just have no respect for safeties out here but if you put <laughs> two out there but if you put two safeties out there yeah things change and it's so crazy because when you talk about development Dak Prescott went through that. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott mm -hmm. went through that. The Denver Broncos, yeah. I don't know what year it was, 2020, 2019, 2020? 2019. Wait, 2019? That was a. Mm, it was that Broncos game. We don't have to talk about that. And game. but but <laughs> I I go back to that because I remember Dak Prescott struggling with mm -hmm. that 
and then as as time went on, baby, if he sees two split safeties now, yeah. he's tearing you up in the middle of the field. Yeah. So I do think that it's just some development things for for Jalen that he's working through. He's still learning how to read. And um, somebody told me that too much time in the pocket can be a bad thing. Yeah, it's twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay, cool. And sometimes thirty to sixty. He'd be back there too long. Too long. It's too many. It's too many mm-hmm. things going on. So, yeah, yeah, he's just making some decisions that are not so good back there, holding on to the ball a little too long. If he doesn't like what he sees, his O line kind of saves him from a lot of things too. And I only say that because I'm looking at the last time these teams played, and you brought this up earlier when we were talking was. The penalties were a big thing in this 20, game. 20. 20. Total. total. 20 total. total. Yeah. Between both teams. Yeah. So this was their third most penalized games. They had 10 penalties for... 83. Da, da, da. Oh, 98 yards. 98 so. yards. Mm-hmm. But again, what we talk about in this, because I'm going through what they were. Let's go through it. Illegal block in the back. <laughs> Or illegal block above the waist, defensive holding, face mask, offensive holding, defensive offside, defensive PI, defensive holding, illegal formation, false start, oh. delay of game. Oh, Ooh. so Ooh. the Cowboys? Yeah, that was all of their penalties in Week Nine against the Eagles. So when you hear oh that list, it's it goes back to pre-snap penalties, right? Yes. Yeah. In this game, you need to clean it up because, again, those penalties come at the most frustrating times, to say it nicely. And clearly home field advantage don't even matter because last week yep. they had nine. Yeah, to get yep. them, and that that's a good point that you make just because that's what happened in Seattle, and I think that is yep. what happened in Philly. Is yep. Sometimes they did make the play on third down. Yep. Yeah. But there was a penalty. Yeah, exactly. And keeping these type of humans on the field, <laughs> you got to do what you, you got to If you can get them off the field, you get them off the field. Yeah. And it's you not it. and and we talk about this all the time is finding that that sweet spot of playing aggressive and and not getting penalized, but it's so interesting how these games are getting called right now mm-hmm. cuz the DPI is just it's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's there, but um I'm interested to see kind of how the defensive line specifically in this game bounces back from the mm. penalties that they saw against the Seahawks and especially knowing the history that they had in in the previous game with the Eagles. So I'm interested to see kind of how um, they square that up because Eagles will get you. They will get you. They know how to draw those penalties. So something to keep in mind. Something that you touched on was uh, about Jonathan Hankins and what he said about Marquise Bell and Damone Clark. What have y'all seen from them um, in the way that they have handled um, a lot of games so far? I mean, I mean, well, in this game, like they're gonna have to cover. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna have to cover. They're gonna mm-hmm. have to cover the flat. Um, the Eagles use their tight their tight ends. Mm-hmm. It, a lot of they're gonna be important this game. How they move sideline to sideline mm-hmm. and how they help out um, tackling on the edges and things of that nature. Because one thing Philly does screens their screen Mm. game is so important to what their overall success is and they use bubble screens smoke screens like quick outs they're doing things to kind of help divert your uh your pass rush but also too it's just a good way easy way to get chunk yards and get their athletic offensive line on the move and so you don't want to see uh damone and uh, marquise bell getting they have to trust their studies so they can get there first 
because you don't want these guards and tackles for the or the center for the Eagles climbing on these guys and wearing them down. So what I've seen from them is that they have been playing sideline to sideline, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to do yeah. that. They're going to have to also play forward and play with some aggression because this Philly offensive line specifically, they mm-hmm. they're they're again like. I think they have the ability to be power, but they're not power all the time. But when they decide to go power, they can really um, shift the game. And, baby, listen, if the ball touches the turf, pick that thing up. They had three fumbles (laughs) last game, three forced fumbles last game, and every one of them went bounced back in Philly's way. And we already know how important the turnover differential is. So it needs to be all hands on deck when you're talking about um, forcing turnovers this game because that can make a huge difference um, in how the out- output of the game ends. ends. Yeah. And there was no turnovers the last time these two teams met for the Cowboys, yeah. at least. Um, and so I think, you know, we, we talk about this a lot too, but the Cowboys secondary is going to need to yeah. really be on point, especially if Jalen Hurts is going to be chunking that ball, which, look, hmm. that's considered your weak spot right now. Yeah. It's going to happen. They're going to try to bully that aspect of the game so uh turnovers not only would be uh, appreciated in this game it's needed Mm -hmm. it's needed in this matchup to seal the deal and make jalen hurts feel the pressure at all points the edge rush the pass rush and then of course he doesn't know where to throw because the ball is going to get picked off so yeah (laughs) don't don't let him make those explosive plays that's that's where they live and die Mm -hmm. well we're going to talk about the DBs. Yeah. Coming up right after the break. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. <laughs> At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Polite is your 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year, and now he needs your help. Vote for Sean to be given the ultimate title of the NFL Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at nfl.com slash fan of the year. Go vote for our guy, Sean. Yeah. She said what she said. Go vote. 
For Sean. For Sean. Team Sean. Yes. For Sean. Over Team Cowboys this weekend because they're going to get the job done. Hopefully these safeties can get the job done. Uh, I kind of talked with uh, Stefan Gilmore a little bit about um, how Devontae Smith disguises his double move because mm. um, they got beat a lot in that first game in week nine with that um and he just basically said it comes down to technique so that's something that um the corners have really been kind of focusing on i know you got a chance to talk to him as well what was something that stood out to you from him um the biggest thing was just kind of looking at how philly likes to play just Mm -hmm. what they're trying to get you to do and what what they're really guaranteeing is that you um you can't stop the run so you overcommit and Mm -hmm. you put a safety in there you take or you take a safety out of coverage or you drop you know you're trying to press the line of scrimmage and they're betting on you doing that so they can pass behind you Mm because to Jess's point they really live off of explosive plays Mm -hmm. um they to me they struggle when they're just trying to go in between the 20s like they they need these big chunk plays to kind of keep them moving and matriculating downfield which is why special teams is going to be important Mm -hmm. but um, when um, you talk about how they disguise the double move, it's so interesting because I've talked to um, quite a few uh, receivers about the double move to get the other side of it. And it's funny because when when a lot of the time when DBs get beat on double moves, it's it's like going against your second, your first nature yeah. to like to, to turn and look or whatever the case may be, just how they get caught. It's like a millisecond, and sometimes it's just a reaction. So to his point, it is. It's trusting your film study, looking for tendencies. Mm-hmm. It can be little things. It can be towel grabs. Yeah. It can be how he turns his toe inside when he's about to take off. Mm-hmm. It's little things. So tendencies, I think, really help in those yeah. situations as well. When you're talking about how guys disguise things, you got to be in your film. Um, as far as this second, as far as um, Devontae Smith and what he's mm-hmm. able to do, he's a route runner, dude. Yeah. He's a route runner. And I do think the Cowboys saw maybe something last week with how they uh, switched Stephon Gilmore to DK. Mm-hmm. And then they let Deron Bland go take care of um, the other general, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Maybe we see something similar like that because Stefan Gilmore, I don't know why, but it, you look at the bigger, stronger mm-hmm. receiver, he seems like he matches up well with that. And Deron Bland obviously can stay with the route running type yeah. guys and see if maybe that's a change that they make and see if that's something that the matchup is favorable on. A little fun fact uh, the Eagles have 3,000 yards in passing, 1,400 of those yards are. Yak yard is yard. You got to tackle. That means you got to tackle. They they will catch yes. you in bad angles. They do things um, like I said, even at the line of scrimmage. They're not motioning a lot, but once they do, it puts dents in your. Uh, they, they understand leverage, mm-hmm. and so um, and I and that's honestly what. Uh, San Fran took advantage. They took advantage. That's why they struggled because San Fran took away a lot of their leverage points. And on the offensive side of the ball, they use leverage against Philly's defense. So, yeah, girl. Um, yeah, they're ninth and <laughs> yeah, they, it's the truth. You, it's the truth. They, yeah. they definitely like to get behind your safety. So the safeties are going to have to play true, mm-hmm. help out in the run game, be active, but really keep a lid on it. Yeah. Keep a lid on it. Don't let them get these big explosive plays downfield and stuff like that. So I'm looking for these safeties to come up with it. All right. Well, we got a quick little gamey game. What are we doing today? It's you're going to pick one defensive guy and you need a hot take. A hot take? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like when we play games. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Jordan Lewis. Oh, yeah. Ooh. 
this oh, is a good, good one. one. This is a good one. Um, who's their slot? Do, 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 do. Hold on. Let me see. I got the right. Who's their slot? Do they have a slot receiver? I can't click. I'm slipping in the polls. I watched them. Is it uh, Brown? No. No. Hold Devante? on. Devontae? I'm looking. AJ? Mm-mm. Nah, he's a. I'm trying to. Hold on, let me see. Can you, can, no, that's sorry. That's and, and I'm sorry. slipping in the polls. <laughs> I'm like, it's wait, fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's, all right, it's fine. All right. Um, I'm trying to see who their slot is and tell you who who is it? Who is it? Is it Quest Watkins? No, he's an outside guy. So they might use DeAndre De, DeAndre um, Devonte Smith. Mm-hmm. They use him in the slot and they move him around, do some things with him. Obviously. I don't like the matchup between him and Goddard because Goddard is huge. But Jordan Lewis, I think he has a like a key PBU like he did last mm-hmm. week in a big moment, maybe on a third down or a fourth down where it's like to get these guys off the field for the Cowboys to come over and go but score. It's a good one. Cool. Right, cool. I'm sorry it took so long to figure out who the person was. Oh, sorry, y'all. There you go. Shake it up real good. Who is this? D-Law. Oh, man. He's going to buy that. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going for two sacks. Oh. And. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like, wait, what's a Maybe hot Maybe you should say tackle for loss. Say tackle no, for I'm going to say two sacks. Oh, well, fix me. It's a hot take. <laughs> Oh, it is hot. hot. Take, it's a yeah. hot take. Dang it, I didn't. Yeah. Mine wasn't hot enough. <laughs> yeah, Jordan two sacks. Jordan have a pick. Period. It's hotter. Right. There you go. All right, There's two sacks and. And? Forced fumble. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to go forced fumble. I'll it's go with that. That's, no, a, that's a really that. good one. Yeah. Recover the turnovers, y'all. <laughs> Man. There you go. Oh, man. They would have right. blew them out the water if they would have got those turnovers. Okay, let's see, guys. Oh, I got two. Hold on. All right. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> oh, God. I what feel like it? I know History it is. will be made not once but twice. Oh Deron Bland God. will have two pick sixes in this game. Hot this take. is not rigged. This is not rigged. That's I swear. Funny. That's, that's my hot take. That's your boy. Deron Bland will continue to make history. He will yes. be anything but Bland, and he will get not one. He will get two pick sixes in this game. <laughs> and any and doubters yeah, that y'all wanted to make out to be on Twitter, mm. see this name? Anything but Bland. Two. Girl, not one, right. but you, two. Oh, that's my hot if take. If he do that, he only need one more to the thing. He's tied Trayvon. Like, guess Trayvon had 11? I'm saying pick oh. six. I'm talking oh. about, but a pick six is still a pick. No, yeah. right. Adding on to his pick, so he could have 10 going you into the next You want me to make it a little less hot? We could do no, one pick like, six no. and two. one interception. We're two. No, I'm saying. I mean, saying either way, to get the ball. Two I was just saying it could be. All right. It's, that's going to be crazy. So, all right. So, history will continue to be made. Two pick sixes, pass breakup. And two sacks, four, four fumbles for D-Law. I'm sorry. This is so <laughs> awesome. He's All right, ladies. Pick. And a pick. I'm sorry. And a pick. For yeah, yeah, yeah. J-Lu. J-Lu. All right, y'all. That's a wrap for today's episode of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see y'all tomorrow. She had a problem, man. Girl. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!